Welcome into the boardroom, Weagle's premier all-sports talk show. If you care about the sport, we talk about it. From Auburn football to the English Premier League, we discuss it all. Now sit back and relax, because the boardroom is now in session. And welcome back into the boardroom, everybody. It's been over a month since we've seen you. Today is January 11th, Thursday of 2024. I said that date all out of whack, but no matter what, we are once again back for the boardroom, the second semester of the boardroom. Griggs Blank, we're alongside me, Connor Greenberg, Kyle Davis, and Nelson Early. And guys, we got some big news to break. Kyle, what what, what are we talking about first? Like, this is a groundbreaking yeah, news. Yeah, groundbreaking development. Auburn is 2-0 and to start SEC play. Congratulations, fellas. Um, not a whole lot else has happened in the sports world, so we're just going to get into the start um, of SEC play. First game. At Arkansas, a trouncing, if you will, 83-51. to uh, Really great game, fun to watch. We shot 38% from three, and then we brought it home night before class, January the 9th, 66-55 to win. Got a little close there at the start of the second half, but we were able to pull it out on an off night. Fellas, we'll do a little quick recap, and I know Connor's got a soapbox he wants to sand on. Always, always. So, uh, Nelson, you have any thoughts? It's good to win. In, in, in something, and when you haven't won in certain sports that just typically don't matter, you know, it's good to win in sports that matter, and winning in basketball has been great. This is uh, the most Bruce Pearl team since the Final Four run, and it's showing, and it's a great watch. Yeah, I'm going to have a great time. Winning it's is fun. fun. Winning been, is fun. It's been fun. <clears throat> um, the way they've kind of, like, I saw, I think it was Pablo Escobar and tweet about it, like, We've kind of just already beaten like kind of two things that have troubled Auburn in the past: Bud Walton Arena and playing Buzz Williams already. Now, all we we still have to win at Florida. That that's big up on the schedule later in the year. But I like this way this team's going, especially the way <clears throat> things have gone already. Sorry, my voice is still gone the other day. But I think with how the top twenty-five is shaping up right now, if Auburn takes care of business versus LSU, we could be looking at a very interesting spot for the voters to put the Tigers next week. Yeah, I think our general outlook is great. You know, the only two games left on the schedule that Kim Palm has us losing is at Alabama and at Tennessee. So, I mean, you know, we're obviously going to lose more games than two, I think, in SEC play. Um, But, I mean, it's just a really great outlook. With Tennessee losing to Mississippi State yesterday, that's great for our chances of winning the the regular season title. Um, It's just a great – you know we have a we have a nice stretch coming up here. We have LSU, Vanderbilt, Miss, Ole Miss, and then Alabama. That's a that's a great little three games that we should win. Going to Alabama will be undefeated in SEC. That that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and that game's going to be a borderline home game as well. The they looked fairly unimpressive despite their many quad one games appeared in. <laughs> they haven't won any of them, but they've appeared True. in a lot of quad one games. I'm very optimistic about this Auburn basketball team, but we have an issue. This rotation is too big. We are playing 11 guys currently that are averaging five or more minutes a game. About five minutes, I think, is the cutoff of where you're, you're in or out of the rotation, and Lior is like right about five minutes for, for the past kind of 10 games. So I did some research because I, I was like, I can't, when's the last time a team that's won the national championship has had this big of a rotation? The last seven national champions. I'm going to run through them quick. Villanova 2016, eight-man rotation. UNC 2017, eight. Villanova again in 18, seven. The Virginia Cavaliers in 2019, seven-man rotation. Seven-man rotation. Baylor in 2021, eight. 
Kansas against Carolina in the championship, seven, and UConn last year at eight. When we start playing these meaningful SEC games, we can't play 11 guys that many minutes. And I th- it, it, you're depriving guys like Jalen, guys like Chad Baker-Mazzara, even uh, to an extent uh, Katie Johnson right now. Those guys need to be getting minutes when they're making positive impacts. The over-rotation, trying to get guys like Chris Moore and Leor minutes, especially in the first half, they can kill momentum. Out of the Arkansas game, I mean, we won by 30, yes. I, I think two of our first three possessions were Chris Moore turnovers. When we start playing at Alabama, at Tennessee, at Florida, and we do that, it's not. It's going to get that those arenas going, and it's going to be really problematic for us. And I, I think that's a good point. But also, like, again, if you just take those two really out that we're really kind of considering right now, Leor Berman, um, it's Leor and Chris Moore, and maybe and Cheney is. Yeah, I was about to say maybe to an extent with that because, oh boy, I don't want to talk about that too much. But that there was a stretch there where yeah, we were up by we were up double digits, and then a couple mishaps from him. It's a four point game, but. I mean that is that is a problem, but like you want to have like that rest. Like you don't. Auburn has always really, or since my time, oh, so three years now, Auburn's always had that kind of like deep bench kind of mentality. But like once you get into like SEC play, you have to have like your kind of core people. Like they trade, they move out, Aiden and Trey, depending on matchups a lot. Really, I've started to notice that a lot. Where certain games, Aiden's going to play a lot more than Trey, and then vice versa. But and then Dylan's coming into his own this year, like. We give give him props for that because he's, he's learned not to kind of do what we've said in the past, just the crazy foul calls, just the swing of the arms, and that's kind of been his thing. He's been looking for a pass first too sometimes too, which I really and appreciate. and I will say to his credit, he got because he did have a couple fouls on Tuesday night. Those were awful calls, awful calls. He has the highest offensive rating of anyone on the team. Well, he's also only taking dunks. Yep, yep, not shooting a lot, so that helps him out. So he's got crazy high field goal percentage and, and that stuff. And and listen, he's been a great asset. I think. Listen, you can you can kind of talk about Cheney, and he certainly can provide some valuable minutes, and, and Chris Moore can to an extent. But but your eight guys are your current starting lineup: Trey, Dylan, and Katie Johnson off the bench. Those are the eight guys that are going to make winning plays in basketball games. And if you need to, you know Cheney and Chris Moore to spot five six minutes, you know here and there with foul trouble or, or to get rebounds or kind of a defensive matchup, fine. But when we're playing these top twenty five games down the stretch, the the, the top eight need to be playing 95% of the minutes. I think I think one thing, too, and I don't think you're going to get this right now. This might be later on, between the tournament, is that we have a lot of guys who – we have a lot of different body types, especially uh, defensively. A lot of guys who can match up depending on – like we had, like you said, we had Trey playing majority of the minutes against A&M because he's more of a physical guard. And you, you saw can, that with what they did to um, – um, shoot, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Wade uh, Taylor. Wade Taylor, yeah. Yeah, like, like, they, like A&M's have, got more experienced, better offensive guards. So Trey Donaldson, well, he had the second highest plus minus, and Aiden was the only guy on the team that had a negative plus minus. What I'm, like, what I'm, what I'm trying to get across is that right now, I think Bruce is which, which Bruce is Bruce is typically he gets a lot of flack for it, especially early on in the season. But he does, he does cut it down slightly. Typically, he'll go from ten, eleven to maybe eight or nine which is still a lot for some people to handle. But I think right now he's getting all his guys some minutes, see what they got, see how they've improved, see what they can do. And then when he get into February and March and crunch time, that's when he cuts it down, and that's when he'll play guys like Chris Moore, Leo Berman, situationally based off foul trouble or matchups. I think we haven't gotten there yet, and I think it's too early to freak out on that. Uh, but then again, I remember saying to Connor mid-game, when we were down by one there for a second, 
saying Bruce has got to cut down this this rotation, and then we immediately go on a run and win that game convincingly. So Bruce Bruce knows his team better than anybody, so I'm going to trust him for now. Again, but part of that too is I think, right, we're playing Texas A&M, who is a pesky team. They always give us trouble, and they, they certainly did in the second half. But if we're in Knoxville and Leor Berman's getting four or five minutes in the first half, it, it, we're going to be in trouble. Like Zakai Ziegler, Dalton Connect, those guys are going to take him out to lunch. Like it, we're going to have – and listen, I think Leor, especially last year, provided a ton of value or like we had nothing on offense. And he was a guy that could spot up in the corner and hit a three and get a change of momentum a little bit. We're, we have a top ten offensive efficiency in the country right now. We don't need his – if if he's taking threes, it's actually hurting our offense because we have other guys that are better, and that's not a that's not a dig at him. He Leor is has been great for Auburn basketball, but this team is crazy talented and crazy deep, and I just think him especially. And then you can kind of chat or uh, Chris Moore and Cheney are a little bit of a different conversation. But like, if if we're playing SEC games within fifteen points, Leor just should not be getting minutes. And this, and you know this means because Connor. Connor's almost crying right now. I was yeah, about this to hurts, say, this hurts say, me to my core. I don't think we've seen a character arc this this uh, look, insane in a while because Connor not only is disavowing Leo Berman, but also praising Dylan Carwell in the exact same segment. We should give him a, a big old round of applause for, for changing other person and just it's I I will push my player agendas to a point. I love Leor. Still not 44's biggest fan. But this team has something. This team can be a team that's playing games in late March and early April. <clears throat> and I will not let my personal agendas try and take us away from that mission. What, what, a better way, what a better way to go out as Nelson and I are seniors on the jungle staff than a trip to Phoenix the first weekend of April coming home with some hardware. That, that's the goal. And this team can do it. I, I am bought in that this team has that ability. OTAs for the Cardinals would be cool, Connor. That is the <laughs> point. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, the, Nelson and I were at training camp for the Houston Texans. They ended up taking the best rookie quarterback and made the playoffs in, in their first year. So. I'm pretty sure they didn't take Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> good one, good one. Yes, so let's, deflection. Let's, let's, well, we got looking, like two minutes. Instead of looking backward, let's, let's look ahead. Yeah. Or do we want to we take a little peeksee at the upcoming schedule? Ooh, peeksee. little peeksee. Like I said earlier, we have LSU Friday. I mean, Saturday. Vanderbilt, Mississippi. Um, we're playing at Vanderbilt, home against Mississippi, at Alabama, at Mississippi State, which is a sneaky one because Mississippi State mm-hmm. looked incredible. What was it, Tuesday? In, in the first half. And they don't Wednesday. have to, uh, they don't was have last, last night? First half, they looked dominant. Second half, they looked like a team that's an NIT team. So we'll see. They ended up winning. So. And they, they did. They, they, were, they were up like 20 or like 15 at halftime. And I still don't think they have Tulu Smith yet back. They do. They yes, do. he dropped He's like back. 20. Okay. They do. Yeah, that was his first game. First start, game starting. First game starting. Yeah. I didn't see any started. report from John Rostein about that early in the day. I, I think uh, from watching that game, Tennessee got back into that game because Mississippi State, especially for Tolu because he hasn't played as much, is the opposite of a Bruce Pearl team, which is why I think we might have a chance at Mississippi State. For a while there, when Tennessee was going on their run, Mississippi State looked gassed at times, especially Tolu because they not played a lot. His conditioning's not there, uh, which is like the opposite of Bruce's philosophy. He wants to keep everyone fresh. So that's an interesting matchup to look at. But this weekend we have a chance to not only beat a better than someone, some people thought uh, LSU team, but also move up into the rankings even more after a lot of big teams went down this week. Yeah. There's going to be sure. a lot of movement. And, and the AP poll doesn't matter nope. other than selling games and selling tickets. But 
there's a chance we win Saturday. We're we're 10, 11, 12 in that range. And and Kyle, there's some there's some analytics that our Love basketball us. has never done before that you might want to. Oh yeah, play. so we are the highest Kimpom we've ever been, fourth ranked. That's pretty Impressive. high. It's pretty high, and it's pretty pretty good. Uh, pretty good company at the top. I mean, number one is Houston, two Arizona, three Purdue. And then Auburn. What about that Purdue loss? I mean, we're, we don't really have to get into Big Ten matters, but I so I, I don't like teams where their five guy, where your five guy is the star. I agree. When when you it's when their guards when their guards have an, when their guards have an off day, they're they're losing nine times out of ten against a good team. Yep, like Fairleigh Dickinson. Yep. Yeah. So I think I think this is a good year for Auburn too, just because everyone seems vulnerable. You know, Tennessee. We saw them being vulnerable last night. I don't see them heating up to a point where. We can't stop them and take the SEC. But I think it's also about kind of just not getting – I'll say this last thing to go to break, getting hot too early because, like, we saw that in 21. And, like, it's been, like, a thing, like, the past couple of years where you can't lose in the first round of the SEC tournament because that just – yeah, there's always the talk about don't win your conference championship. It's bad for your, like, longevity because you play that many games. But still, like, you have to at least get past one round of the tournament because that's the only prep you get all year for those kind of tournament games. That yeah, kind of and attitude. I'm not scared about us getting hot too early this year, just no. because we don't. Rel- I mean, we're not we're not a Jabari and Walker show. Yeah, we we can have a bad night and win. I mean, that's kind of. I feel like that's what happened with Texas A&M. We I, I think agree. we had a bad night. I no, mean, we're not going to be able to do it on the road. No, but we're gonna have we can have a couple off nights in Neville and still pull out SEC games, which is something that the team last year could not do. Yeah. yeah. All right, and with that, we're gonna head to our first break. When we come back, we have some news that been kind of taking over the sports world a little bit these past, let's say, 16 hours. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into The Boardroom, everybody. You're hanging out here again still with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Our last segment, we talked about Auburn basketball and the joy that they are bringing into our lives currently. And now, the news that's kind of taken the sports world by storm, Pete Carroll is no longer the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. It's and don't forget Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick. And, and Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. And Mike Vrabel. It's been a crazy And Ron week. Rivera. Oh, my goodness. Just it's it's so, Rivera over. So many legends of the game have, have gone. Oh, and, and, and Nick Saban. Oh, also. yeah, and that's the I big one, really. I did see some. I did see that. that. It's, 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 Wait, is that, is that the dude who called a quarterback draw on fourth and three in the playoff? No, it's actually the governor of Alabama. Um <laughs> So. Tommy Tuberville's <laughs> next opponent. <laughs> Tommy Tuberville's <laughs> opponent in five years. Oh, um, man. But, yeah, Nick Saban has retired as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's, let's give a little – what a career, Nick yeah. Saban. Congratulations. Ross in the sunset. Never come back. Uh, enjoy. You and Miss Terry have a lovely retirement in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, I heard it's nice down there. Um, would, love, would love to see Nick Saban. Nick Saban, open invite to Lakewood Ranch. Let's, let's go get a round of golf in. I, I, I heard he also has a very robust uh, – Car business down there, car empire tycoon. One might say down in Florida. <laughs> Congratulations! I mean, tycoon. the retirement dream. You know, don't have to worry about football anymore. Just enjoy you and your wife, your house, your cars. Doesn't get any better. Congrats, Nick. Yeah. You deserve it. I remember texting my friend after this happened. He's a Michigan fan. He was at the Rose Bowl. I'm like, dude, you just saw Nick. You saw. I can't believe you saw Nick Saban's last game. He's like, what are you talking about? So I was the one who broke the news to him. He's like, dude, that's so cool. Like. That, but they kind of going back to what Nelson said, like going out on a quarterback draw design run on fourth and three in the Rose Bowl is wild. Is now, I mean, crazy. I'll give him credit, it was their third choice. There were two timeouts before that. I mean, I'll give is, him a little bit of credit, that is but they, they did blow a lead. They did, they did. They I will did. say, I will say, I hate to bring the mood down. I was celebrating for like 20 minutes, and then the thought hit my head that we were so darn close 
to winning his last Iron Bowl. It yeah, was, but but we but, were so yeah. close. But in, in in my mental gymnastics head, um, <laughs> us losing is the only reason why he he retired this year. So. You well, know. I like that spin zone. Yeah. It would have been like finished spin zone. I love that spin zone. If he had lost to us, that was, you know. I'll take that sacrifice. I, I immediately texted my Wait. dad. I said, the last four years of pain and misery watching on football has been rectified immediately. Wait, um, so am I hearing that the class of 2024 ended Nick Saban? Sources are saying. Sources are saying. Sources are saying. Hashtag, thank you, Kyle, Connor, and Nelson. And then Griggs is somehow older than all of us, but still underachieving. Whoa. 20. Well, yeah. twenty five just can't just can't hang with us. Now. I got one more chance, uh, and, and I, I feel bad for. I mean, bad is a relative term. Um, I I know that these people are in pain. <laughs> bad is a relative. But I uh, he's grinning gotta, ear to ear right now. You gotta I feel, feel bad. bad for the trust fund the kids chop. from Chicago that are freshmen at Bama who thought they would come and just be dominant, and uh, now they're gonna have to go to football games because they like Alabama, not because they like winning. It's 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 gonna be tough for some of these these kids who come from New Jersey and California to to live the Bama life, you know, and I, for it just to change like that in a blink of an eye. That's what happens when your entire university revolves around one man. Your economy revolves around one man. Your identity and culture revolves around one man. And don't tell me anything about the capstone because the capstone is because of Nick Saban and always has been I, and always will be. I gotta say one thing about that: the kids coming down to Bama for just football. We do not care. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, there, there is also another report that I, I saw on Twitter that Nick Saban, you know, he's been the alpha male on that campus for so long, and he heard that an incoming law student named Kyle Davis. <laughs> well, hey, TBD. But that, a probable, uh, I don't know. We're giving you an OV. A possible, a possible, possible, possible incoming law student might steal his thunder and be the Nick Adams certified alpha male on campus, and he just couldn't take the heat. I I don't know. I don't know. I I think, I think, you know, he might have heard it. He might have heard that there were rumbles. There might have been rumbles out there. But the world may never know. Um, I guess we'll never know. We'll see. But I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. But but let's let's get to the real part of this. Let's get let's get down to business because we stand on business right here. We, we stand, stand on business. On, we stand shout on out business. Harvard College Business. We <laughs> where we, we stand on business. We stand on business. Um, what are they gonna do? Uh, the, the question hardest. is the question is they have one thing to do, and and they're, they're never they fans, administration students need to know one thing: you lost the greatest football coach of all time in college. There is no. The the next Nick Saban won't come around for another. It'll be like the Bear Bryant cycle. Bear Bryant left, and then twenty years later, Nick started coaching somewhere else. That's how long it's going to take for the new one to emerge. The cycle will always be that way. No one you're going to hire is going to do what Nick Saban did. You're not going to get to the heights that Nick Saban did. So change. There's you're still going to win. You might compete for an national championship. Could we? But it's not going to be a year over year consistency like like Nick had, and you got to change your expectations right now. Where ever. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> Welcome to where we've all been for the past 20 years. Welcome it's to a glorious, It's not, a glorious day. Not that day. they would know, but welcome to where you've been in every other sport. Where yeah. you will have your years where you're very good. And you will have years where you are very bad. Now, not that any of their fans are aware of other sports on campus because they root for Kentucky basketball. But this is the natural college life cycle. I you saw. have a good coach. He leaves. What the, and what's interesting to me is, their their hires like their athletic department their hires for other sports have not had the pull 
of the Alabama football job. Like, they hired Nate Oates from Buffalo. Like, this is not – their athletic department is not experienced in hiring that big-name, big-pole job. I, I don't – and, and – Supposedly, that, according to the team, saw they want to have their coach in by tomorrow night. And they told their players not coach in a lesser sense, night. it's kind of like, kind of like their baseball team where they thought they had enough pool. They really didn't. No. Greg, Greg Bynes is one of the biggest liars in the entire world. <laughs> Telling the football team that they will get a head coaching uh, search and everything done is within 72 hours. Where, might I add, the details emerged that no coaches knew before 4 p.m. yesterday. Which I respect. No Nick players knew. Going yeah, out I will court. say, in this day and age, I will give him a ton of respect because Brian Kelly left. In the middle of a playoff race, they easily could have made the playoffs. The news broke, and he called a team meeting the next day when everyone already knew. Other than one message board guy, no one knew about this. And it says it's a testament to how well he's run that program. Shout, Shout out to WDE 280, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't let that news leak out, and I give him a ton of respect. Well, for that. I, but, I think it's a double-edged sword. Number one, so he did good on, you know, like the team was the first people to know. But then he also did bad on – all the January, the spring recruits that came in and moved in two days before. You're telling me if they didn't like they they were to be fair, they Saban. can they can get out of their LOI. They they can they can, can, get, can, they can they, get out of it and they have 30 days to transfer for uh, the transfer portal people. But what I was trying to say is why Greg Bine was the biggest slot. They're not getting this done in 72 hours. Um, if you know anything about the transfer portal and transfer works and everything, you have to be enrolled and going to class. At Auburn, at least, by January 17th. That's when the ad drop, whatever, the classes, the last day to enroll in classes end. Which means if Auburn wants Bama players, they need to get in the portal as soon as possible, and they might not have enough time to visit. So if they keep stretching this out, and the whole culture around the team is, let's wait and see what happens, which is, you know, a decent, that's a smart decision to make. But for people who are interested in, in poaching players from Bama, it's going to be probably a lot later, and... The more stretched out this coaching search is going to be, the murkier it's going to be. Because if you don't hire a guy in seven in forty eight hours now, you're going to have a lot of distrust in that locker room. I got two things to say. One thing I saw was something really funny. It's like Brown Kelly has the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever: <laughs> just retire right now, and so he's lumped in with all these elite coaches. But then number two, I kind of will. Whoever takes up the Alabama job next, I'm interested to see if it's like someone from the saving tree. They, even though this hasn't really happened everywhere else, they go kind of like the example I'm about to use, but kind of like what the Patriot way was, like where a bunch of different guys tried to instill what the Patriots did at different places, and it didn't work. Now, the question is, it's going back to the source. I want to see kind of if this kind of thing is going to happen because I don't know. we got to talk about this more in the next segment, who we think gives some actual answers and some funny ones, but, like, still, like, it's a tough place to be. It's You can get – you can become the most popular man in the state or you can become, like, a public enemy number one. Well, there. and and what's to Nelson's point of if they don't hire a guy quick, not only is the situation they're going to get murky, but the coach is going to get it's, really It's not bad. that. In probably within a week, that is no longer going to be the best job on the table in college football. Jim Harbaugh is going to be an NFL coach in the next week or two. And honestly, you're coming off a national championship. The, the boosters are all happy. You're taking over a better roster with more talent. They're going to have a lot less exodus and stuff out of the transfer portal, and you're probably going to make more money there. And you're not right next door to Georgia recruiting. Michigan's and, 100% a better job, and that's going to be open soon. I, I know Harbaugh, uh, his agents floated him to the Chargers. I think he's going to get an interview with the Commanders. Like The NFL hires are going to start happening right after these divisional rounds when they can make in-person interviews. So like when we're sitting here next week, next Thursday night at 7, 
there's a good chance Jim Harbaugh is no longer the Michigan head coach, which makes the Bama job, if they don't have a hire by then, it's going to be a mess. I mean, sure, I, and I'm here for all of it. I got, okay, yeah, uh, Kyle was going to say something. Go the ahead. Bama job is not I, – I mean, if the Michigan job opens, if I'm the number one coach out there, I'm going to Michigan because nobody – like, the expectations especially McCar- are high. Especially if McCarthy comes back, which for there's sure. reports that he's still deciding. Yeah, the expectations are high at Michigan, but they are – out of this world at Alabama. They're fair. They're yeah, fair they're at Michigan. fair at Michigan. I mean, you yeah, can you had lose. Brady Hoke, and they gave Jim Harbaugh so much time. Like, I thought Jim Harbaugh should have been probably fired after 2020. Yeah. A lot of people did. He couldn't beat Ohio State. I, I just feel like the, the the culture for a new coach going into a program is much better at Michigan than it will be at Alabama. And, and I think the, the best job that Saban did at Bama was nothing on the field. It was that making the Auburn boosters seem like the most crazy boosters, boosters in the state. <laughs> the Bama boosters – have been seen as saints for however many long years, that 15 or so years that he's been at Bama. Made them look normal because they finally shut up and let a man run his program, which is what they should have done forever. Certain these owners pe- should be listening. These, <laughs> these people are insane and will do insane things. They were a no away from hiring Rich Rodriguez before he went and just – Is that a, was is that a preview, Nelson? Terrible Nelson, is that a preview? Of your Mount Rushmore pick, possibly, right there? possibly, Rich Rod? possibly. Oh. I was trying to make a point, so I kind of, I kind of flexed my hand a little bit. I got options though. Um, <laughs> but these people are crazy. They're not, they're not, they're not rational at all. And this is the most irrational coaching search in history. You are trying to follow up the goat. There are going to be no rational heads in the room and too high of expectations. The best job is to rehire, replace the guy who replaced the goat, not to replace the replace the goat himself. So the expectations will be too high. Things are not going to go well. Yeah, and with that, we're going to head to our next break. When we come back, we're gonna, I kind of gave you a preview there. We're going to give you our opinions on who should be the next coach of Alabama and then some ideas where we would laugh if they became the Alabama head coach. So do not go anywhere. Second half of the show is coming up. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into the boardroom, everyone. You're hanging out with Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. Once again, last time we talked about Nick Saban retiring. The first time we talked about Auburn basketball, but now – we get to the fun part. We are doing a Mount Rushmore of who should be the next Alabama coach. We're going to start in these order. We're going to go Kyle, Griggs, Nelson, then Connor, or Connor, then Nelson? Yeah, Nelson, then me. Nelson, Connor. And, and to clarify, these are who, as Auburn students, we want to replace Nick Saban. This is a yes. humorous, satirical yeah, debate. Seri- we'll be picking but four. But if you would like to roast us online and generate interactions, please do. We might do this a is poll. A draft we, we could do a we'll poll. We drafting in we order, in, uh, snake draft style, so it'll go – Connor will get two, will go back to me, and then Griggs yep. will get two, and so on and so forth. Yep, that's All it. All right. And with that, Kyle, do you have your first pick? I do. Kyle's first pick is up. All right, Kyle. With the first pick in the draft, I i mean, I got to do it. Brian Harson. <laughs> great pick. For, good, former great pick. former uh, Boise, pick. Idahoan. Good pick. Good pick. It's a great pick. By way of all – I mean, it's so just – okay. it, it had to be Let's done. go soundboard. Someone <laughs> – Someone was going to take it eventually. Yeah. I think one one is the only place he goes. Listen, that's a Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Andrew Luck kind of prospect. You're you're locked in a number one. Yeah, you know exactly what you're getting there, and it's, I, it's all great. Everybody was doing that. All right, all right, Griggs. My pick will be someone that both uh, NFL fans and Alabama fans would know that these are going to be related. So, with the second pick in the boardroom, Alabama head coaching draft, Philip Griggs Blankenberg selects. Jason Garrett. I think oh, that would be, oh, that'd be a good one, too. That so would be good. awesome. So good. And they cheered for him on Sundays for over eight to ten years. That's true. So that would be a great pick. But now, Connor, or is it Nelson? Nelson, Nelson. Nelson. Uh, 
for, for my for my first pick, I think I think of a man who fix, checks all the boxes. Kind of as Greg says, is college and NFL fans know alike. A man who knows how to win in every facet of his life. But third overall pick in the board and draft, I select Urban Meyer. Oh, Jags legend Urban Meyer. He's got good that college pick. and the pro that's, success. That's a great yeah. pick. <laughs> he can recruit some real talent. Over two wins in the NFL. <laughs> All right. I mean, there's so much talent left on the board here. <laughs> there's so many. So ways. much talent. With the fourth pick in the boardroom draft, I'll be taking arguably the greatest head coach in the history of college football if games were only played in September. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. <laughs> oh, go. that's a good that's pick. pick. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. And this one, of all the ones so far, this one could actually happen. The Bushes would, and the famous would love Deion Sanders. He would be such a good fit. Oh, this is just awesome. With my, with Connor, my fifth yeah. pick. Connor gets the snake. I mean, back to back here, you got, you got Coach Deion to run all the flash. This guy, probably of, of this past college football season, the best X's and O's coach with the fifth pick. Former Iowa offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. That's a good pick. Oh, good That's pick. a good pick. Good pick. That was incredible. Oh, we were off to a roaring start. <laughs> oh. With the sixth pick, I- I'm trying to go a little off the rails. Uh, we kind of talked pre- pre-segment how this was going to go. Uh, I'm going to a man who's very outspoken, very talented, can relate to the players heavily, uh, has just a good mind for football all around. The sixth pick in the board, or seventh pick in the board in draft, whatever. I select Antonio Brown. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about players. Wow. Oh. Players coach. Players coach. Ooh, players, wow. coach. Players, players coach. coach. Known successful owner in that startup league. <laughs> <laughs> Known successful if, arena football owner. If that hire was made over under 12 hours before he gets a restraining order. <laughs> under, over under 12 100%. hours before that locker room is empty. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to be a tough one. I'm trying to think because I didn't know – the player route would be very interesting now. Like, I can't pick Chandler Jones now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this name. Henry Ruggs. This name, college football legend. Very, very good for a long time. He uh, kind of won a national championship. With the seventh overall pick, Griggs Blankenberg will be selecting the boardroom draft. Scott Frost. Wow. Uh, wow. wow. That's a reach, I'd say. I think he's not talented enough. It is a little, enough. It is a little bit of a reach, but I do think that would – I mean, they be great. Just a Panthers fan, he's used to taking reaches in the draft. All right. Hey, they, <laughs> hey, here's the thing with Scott Frost: you'd be in it in almost every game. Now you may not win a lot of them, but you'd be in it in they'd every be, game. They'd be great against the which spread. would be great for them because then they get they kind of feel like how Auburn made the vote for a long time, where you get those high, you get the hopes up, and then all of a sudden it just comes crashing down. So they kind of get them to relate to what we kind of have experienced. But I digress. That it might have been a little bit of reach, but we'll see. All right, all right. Double pick here with the uh, first off. We all know that soon. Alabama would just be a pipeline for the UFL. Mm. What, wow. what better way to Ooh. submit that pipeline <laughs> going. than the chairman of the UFL, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> <It's a man. laughs> what, what Kyle <laughs> is cooking. cooking. Wow. Oh, wow. I think I went cook, that one caught me off guard. That's a culture guy right there. That's a that's a that's a blog thinking, post. Wait a minute. Football and that would mean that Alabama becomes an Under Armour school too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Beast mode. I was just thinking. Beast. Okay. Great pick. Great pick. Stallion's great pipeline pick. right there. Uh, uh, Brian Harson, Dwayne Johnson, one two punch. Wow. Elite. Uh, it's that's pretty good. elite. That's pretty and elite. And this third one. We enjoyed our time in New Orleans. No. Oh. And what is the New Orleans version of Dwayne Johnson? Ed Orgeron oh. with the ninth He was on my list. He was on my list. Go Tigers. He was on my list. Bro, bro, Okay. Okay. Greeks. After a little bit, the first pick that's gotten some slander today, I got to kind of think. 
now who I want. Um, trying to think in the back of my head. We didn't have this written down. We wasn't the most professional, at least for me. But Oh, I have power rankings. I have some I, in my head. I'm just trying to think. Dwayne Johnson's really on the spot. But yes, okay. With my third pick in the boardroom draft, Griggs Wankerberg will be selecting Will Muschamp. Ooh. Wow. I mean, it's chalky. It's, it's, it's chalky. It's, it's, it's a little grounded, in fact. He was, uh, he was but on my I, list as well. I, 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 I think I it would be very it. funny, though. I could have gone the other Florida guy if I wanted to, but I wanted to. He's also on my list. I think, yeah. I think I'm getting, uh, speaking of Mount Rushmore, I think I'm getting the Mount Rushmore of this accomplished head coaches who have won wherever they've gone. A man of culture, a man of class, a man who has amazing hair. Well, the next pick in the boardroom draft, Nelson selects John Gruden. That's a good one. Elite culture fit. Elite culture fit. I was a little worried Nelson was going to take this guy. Um, probably the best high school coach of our generation. Oh, Roy Johnson oh. of Bishop Sycamore. Oh. <laughs> no, you had you, you thought you I was had going rush probes. Yes, you had you it. Rush probes. Rush probes would have a home run. Roy you Johnson won. of Bishop Sycamore <laughs> would build. I mean, he's built a program from the ground up before. What what can he do? You would have won with Rush Probst. I would have given it, it to you. It was too basic. It's too basic. I had to go outside the box. It's Roy Johnson's a little too I, basic. I, my Jason. I got to go outside of football for my last pick probably. But and <laughs> my, with my final pick, I mean, there's just there's so many good, good options on the board here. I'm going to go with one of the best drivers the SEC has ever seen, Bobby Petrino. I was, uh, that was, mm. it was between him and John Gruden for me. Uh, I, I really didn't know what it was. Where to go with that? One? I have I have some good honorable mentions. That's as a good well pick after, um, after this last round. We'll, um, have, we'll have some time for honorable. For mentions. my final pick, I'm so surprised that he dropped. Um, a man who just epitomizes what it means to be an Alabama fan. A man who just reflects the entire Alabama fan base and what it's like to be a true roll tighter. With my final selection in the boardroom draft, I don't care about nothing but the tie. <laughs> Give me roll tie, Willie. <laughs> roll tie. <laughs> That's a good uh, pick. That's Great a good pick. pick. All right, we're going off the rails a little bit. This last one, I think we keep going down that path. Great. <laughs> oh boy, I we've got some names, and I really kind of messed up myself by only thinking about football people. So I've been trying to get out out of my head. Drake, but Drake, like, Drake, I got a pick for you if you want it. You oh, want. I got one. I could. All right, let me see. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> he needs help. I mean, you've, you've automatically lost. Oh, yes. Nope, I got a good one. Okay. <laughs> this, I, this was Connor's pick, but I'm going to lend it to Griggs because he's struggling. Hashtag, thank you, Connor. Hashtag, Griggs did not prepare to exercise my head for this one. But a man we all know and love, a man who will demand success no matter what happens in the middle of it, he will always push through. No matter the wins and the losses, he's always can endure Another one. With my pick, I'm taking <laughs> Frank the Tank Fleming to uh, be the next head coach of Alabama. It'll be the first team time Frank the Tank has ever cheered for a winning team in his life before you him. The feeble, the feeble Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, I, I would the, never the fan, do that to Frank. The fan base. Uh, no, nah, that'd be painful. I can't really get about Frank. That poor guy walking yeah, around really Tuscaloosa. Frank oh, the Tank man. walking into the Stadium. Pounds. A true where would you moment be come 2026. <laughs> but Kyle. Okay, Finish last pick. You know someone who's been around more ball this year than anyone else. Someone who's gotten into the spotlight oh, in no. oh, I know who college say, yeah. game day. <gasps> oh, no. Please do it. Pat McAfee? Oh, no. No, no, no. No. With the last pick in the draft. Kirk Herbstreet's oh, dog. What a great pick. That's Golden a great retriever. Pick. A he, great he knows most bo- more ball than probably anyone I've ever seen. He's been to more college ball? football games than yeah, anybody ball. this year. He probably knows. I mean, now that Staven's gone, he knows more ball than anybody on campus. That's true. Wow. That's, a, that's, Kirk that's a great known pick. Alabama ben fan. Ben Herbstreet. 
But, Let's go over our, our honorable mentions. Uh, I like to start. Um, I had of course, uh, I had Greg Williams, Three Letterman, Three Letterman. I had Greg Williams, Doctor Heat, Jerry Kill, uh, Jack Del Rio. Uh, I've got Herm Edwards, mm. amazing coach Ooh. at Arizona State. Chad Morris, good one. Pop Tart mascot. I can't believe Dan. Edible, oh, yeah, edible Pop Tart mascot. Edible Pop Tart mascot. Dan Mullen. I can't believe Dan Mullen didn't get picked. I had Chip Kelly, Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz. Nick Adams, <laughs> the Jerry yeah. Jones AI, Shannon Sharp. <laughs> Uh, I had Charlie Weiss, Ron Rivera, Joe Namath, Brian Johnson, Greg uh, Schiano, Rich Rod. Of course, I, yeah, I, 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 I was going to pick Rich Rod on my first pick, but I kind of spoiled it. Um, about we're forgetting about a great Nick Saban coordinator, Jimbo Fisher. Oh uh, yeah, Ooh. he was on my list. Grand Potter, um, who, uh, Butch oh. Jones, and Jeremy Pruitt. Nice mm. <laughs> combined. Biff <Nice>. Yagi. <laughs> Biff oh, Yagi. Biff Yagi would have been a great pick. Uh, Larry Fedora. Um, Larry Fedora. Mac Brown. That wouldn't I, have been funny. Enough. I want to say I'm going to tell you guys off air the one I'm thinking of, but I can't say it right now. But just think really bad. Um, <laughs> Eric Ten Hag, he's going to be looking mm. for employment very soon. <laughs> Tony Barbie, yeah, it could be one as well. Um, <laughs> Charles Barkley, <laughs> the entire NBA on TNT set. Brandon Miller, <laughs> the, Brandon Miller. Uh, we kind of need him. Avery Johnson, Bryce Young. Oh, Avery Johnson, Avery legend. Johnson, Avery Johnson, Bryce Young in a year. Please know when he's sitting uh, there. Let's see who else. Uh, Bo Scarborough. I uh, think of just wash band players. Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Greg uh, McElroy. Greg McElroy. Oh. Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy. Uh, Cole Keebler. Manny Diaz. Nice. New, nice. Where's he the head coach now? Duke. Duke. I can't believe that's still crazy every time I hear who that. Who was the guy at Florida before? Um, Dan Mullen? Oh, uh, Jim McElwain. McElwain. Jim McElwain. McElwain. Sun Willie Be- Taggart. Sunbelt Billy. Willie Taggart. Billy Napier would be kind of good. Oregon um, legend. <laughs> um, who else? We got some names that we could probably – Um. Charlie Strong, the Pope, <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, Barack <laughs> Obama, uh, um, um, someone right this thanks. year who's proven an elite winner, Monty Williams, head coach of the Detroit Pistons. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, good one, good one. Um, Zion Williamson uh, will oh. we eat the entire oh. town out of food. <laughs> um, Dreamland Barbecue, keep that man coming <laughs> in. Let's see who else. Who else? Uh, who's got? the guy on the SEC Network who's always tweeting? I can't stand. He's like got uh, McGee, like Marty or McGee. No, I like no, I like those two. Like he's like does like an SEC now show. I don't know. He's got the uh, Bradley. We, we we got we have a we have a Paul Feinbaum be awesome. We we have a, not a caller, but we have a message in with a name. Okay, Michael Lamb. All right. Oh, oh nice. No, we we, we can't lose Michael. We Lamb. can't lose Michael Lamb. Uh, we can't impossible. lose Michael Lamb. But on, he, to, on to victory would match, oh, match oh, that number. I have a great yeah. one. James Fan. James Fan. James Fan. James Fan would be a good pick. James I mean, y'all, y'all would know about the. Oh, Kyle. I know. He's Doc he's a, Rivers. He's a Doc Rivers. Um, be very good. Bama Mark legend. Jackson. Ray Allen. Noted tweeter. Philip um, Rivers. The guy who. They, the guy who was in the urn Phillip in Mountain Brook. <laughs> the Mountain Brook urn guy. Combo him. The Bass Pro. His offensive coordinator is the Bass Pro. The Bass Pro. Alabama legends. Alabama legends already. They'll bring a nation to be with them. Man, that uh, that would have been such a good Mount Rushmore. Nah, uh, <laughs> that was our Rush bet. Probes. I didn't pick him, but he would have been a good pick. I, I I think we've like gone on record saying we need like a name segment. This has been the perfect name segment. We just yeah, we, yeah, we, this I is this is a great just guys being dudes. We haven't really seen each other for we're a gonna, month. Yeah, we're gonna this have to have like just a Mount naming Rushmore people <laughs> to name names, it's, and it's, it's been great. It's been yeah. great. Uh, probably our best segment we've ever done. This is, uh, oh yeah, uh, for uh, sure, un- un- undoubtedly. Yes. Oh, oh, the, oh, the two people listening are loving this right. All right, Kyle's got the last one. Last one. Alexander Schnarr. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. He runs out Another of Another Alex. Alex Jones. 
Oh, boy. Okay, and with that, we are going to head to a commercial. When we come back, it's our final segment of the board. We got our picks and our previews for a couple wild card games this week, plus Auburn basketball, and maybe our first time talking Premier League, and they're talking about Miami. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up next. You're listening to The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into The Boardroom, everyone. Our final segment of the day, once again, alongside Griggs, Connor, Kyle, and Nelson. And for our last segment of the day, we have our picks and a little bit of preview. We got a couple, We got about nine minutes left. So, Kyle, kicking it straight to you. What do we got? We're going to go through all of the wild card weekend games. First, on Saturday noon, kickoff Browns at the Texans. Texans are two-point favorites. It's a pretty much a coin flip. Connor, you're looking at me. We're going to start with you. Um, Joe Flacco been a revelation for the Browns. But since that faithful Grand Chapter Congress in Houston, Nelson and I have been riding – with the Stroud boys of Houston, Texas. So I will, be, I will be riding with C.J. Stroud, the best rookie quarterback of this class, bar none. Give me the Texans straight up. So but he's I'll not take, getting the but points. But I'll take the two. No, he's not getting the points, points though. He said straight points. up. I'm going to give him the points. I'll take the points. You know, I've thought a lot about this game. This game has a lot of impl- implications for a lot of p- uh, teams, including Auburn. Uh, rumored D.C. hire Chris Kiffin is the linebackers coach of the – uh, Houston Texans. Um, so if you were to lose this game, it would be beneficial for us getting our DC in quicker. And there's something about Flacco. Uh, he's been he's been good. I just quite can't put my finger. I can't put my finger on. He's very, Flacco, he's very he's been, quarterbacky. He's been very oh. good this year, throwing averaging over 300 yards a game. But there's one thing I'm not, and that's a quitter. <laughs> I cannot quit on my boy CJ and my Texans. Someone in his life. Give me the Texans. Okay. Griggs. I didn't say who, but I, was, uh, I don't know. Oh, my Lord. Um, I up. mean. <laughs> Free pops. Um, okay, you want to go through that? That'll be our next episode. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you can't bet against Joe Flacco. Like, there's a comeback story. My comeback player of the year. That's segment on uh, just uh, was only sports with Mark Titus and Brandon Walker. One of the funny segments I've seen, people were like, People were really against Demar Hamlin winning the award. <laughs> Comeback player of the year. It's just, yeah, I don't. I would never actively watch Brandon Walker. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna take the Browns minus two here. Um, plus I two. Th- Browns plus two. I'm seeing minus two. Oh, on I thought the ESPN. Texans were plus two. I'm seeing. Uh, I'm seeing Cleveland minus two on ESPN bet. Yeah, I think. Uh-oh. I think Texans okay. are. Uh-oh. 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 Browns minus two. Browns minus two. So anyone wow. would like to change their picks? No, nah, keeping it. Keeping it. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with the Browns minus two in this one. I think they can do it, especially with the defense the way they've been playing. And I don't know, man, if you can't beat the Panthers, can you really beat the Browns? I'm going to also pick the Browns. Joe Flacco's on a tear riding with him. Even though it's way, I think they're going to handle it. They Second, barely beat the Colts. They beat the Colts off a missed catch. Uh, yeah, that's fair. All right, second game Saturday. We need to move these a tad bit quicker. We got the Dolphins at the Chiefs. Chiefs are four and a half point favorites. It's going to be two degrees at kickoff, and the wind chill is forecasted to be negative 30. I don't think Dolphins will be able to swim in those temperatures. Mm, no, they're, they're pretty banged up, too. Mostert's questionable. Uh, Zayvon Howard's out. So, as awful as the Chiefs' offense has looked at times this year, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs, especially at home. Uh, th- this podcast has been heavily anti my mother, who is both a Bama grad and a Miami Dolphins sort of fan she roots for him um but yeah the I think I've bet against the or picked against the uh, the Dolphins this whole year and I don't think I've missed one yet so I'm keeping with that with the Chiefs yeah I'm going I mean with uh, the entire like 
Dolphins who are out, like it's questionable with Moser at Waddle. I mean, he, Tony's out. Kadarius Tony's questionable, but that might honestly be a plus. I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I don't think the Dolphins have won a game. I think they've not won a game like with this temperature in a long time, so I'm just going to go with the Chiefs because, again, they have Patrick Mahomes and the Dolphins don't. We've got a bordering unanimous, unanimous pick. I'm also going to take the Chiefs at home. On Sunday, noon kickoff, 22 degrees. Steelers at the Bills. The Bills are favored by 10 whole points. I'm going to start us. We're going to go quick on this one. I'm taking the Steelers. Don't trust Mason Rudolph. I like Josh Allen, especially in the playoffs. Bills Mafia. Minus 10. Give me a folding Give me a folding table to jump on because I'm going full Bills Mafia on this one. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Somehow got this team from the ground up. But TJ Watts, I think he's hurt. Don't think he's playing. Yeah, he's not playing. They ain't got a chance. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Bills like I have been since August, if you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I'm going with the Bills in this one. I don't think the Steelers are going to win this one. Here we go. Against the crowd. 3.30 in Dallas. Packers at the Cowboys. Cowboys are favored seven. Give me, uh, you know, in, in light of the rookie quarterbacks this year, one, one quarterback's probably impressed me the most. That's Jordan Love. He's not a rookie. Because he's, he... Uh, I didn't say he was a rookie quarterback. I said he's impressed me the most, Griggs. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> he he took over for Aaron Rodgers, and really their offense, at least, hadn't really lost that much of a step. Unless you win most of their – I mean, Devonta Adams isn't there anymore. Uh, their receivers are very young. They've Don looked Tavian good. Wicks, Virginia legend, has been great this year. They've been good. They've been good. Um, I don't know if they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover. I think I heard something about Aaron Jones being from Texas and something about – Boys come back from to Texas, their home state, going off. So I think the Packers will at least cover. So give me the, give me the Packers. I don't. This is a tough one because Dallas in the playoffs in the past is like I'm thinking back to the, the Zeke snap last year. Should have been <laughs> crossed for firing on the spot for McCarthy, but I don't know. They kind of limped in the playoffs versus Detroit off that call. They beat the Commanders pretty soundly. But then the great, great but then they job. but then the, kind of going off of what my point for the Texans where they barely beat the Panthers or the, the the Green Bay did so I'm gonna go with Dallas they've been unstoppable this year at home. Jordan Love has also impressed me a ton especially the last month they've been really good. Matt Lafleur noted uh, great coach in December it is no longer December and Dallas has been dominant at home this year really really good at home so I think I think this is gonna be a, a close one in terms of the spread. I think Dallas wins by by ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points of the Packers. Cowboys in the playoffs always scare me. Sunday That's night true. football, seven o'clock. Rams versus Lions. We need to go pretty fast for this one. The Lions are favored three points. Big game for Matthew Stafford and, and, and Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. And Jared Goff. Uh, I'll make it quick. I'm going uh, Rams plus three. I mean, I would like the Lions to win, but just. I just don't feel like all the storylines are there for them yet. They've had too much go right. Maybe next year for them, I'm just going to go Rams plus three. Both. This is a really hard game for me because these have been my two teams that I've made significant money off of because they've been underrated by Vegas all year in terms of the spread. And I gotta, I, I LA's been there. They have more experience, but I think the Lions are going to eke this one out. I just have a, I have a Dan Campbell gut feeling. I'm taking the Lions as well. Okay. I was I was making y'all pick first because I wanted to like I want so bad to pick the Lions, but I just feel like the Rams is, is probably honestly the smart pick. But I got to ride Dan Campbell. Give me the Lions. That's right. The last game of the Wild Card Weekend on Monday Night Football is seven fifteen. It's going to be a seventy nine degrees, the warmest of all the kickoffs outside. 
Eagles are favored by three points at the Buccaneers. I think this is a get-right game for the Eagles. I'm taking them. Uh, the only problem the, is give me the Eagles. Uh, the only problem is Jalen Hurts is not get right right now. He, he has not thrown the ball since Sunday, and it is now Thursday. The game is on Monday. So, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks on this one. I I want to take the Eagles so badly, and I want the Eagles to win this game. They have looked so bad. Awful. I am. I am Nick sorry. A fraud. I'm sorry for. <laughs> My mother and all Eagles fans that had got their hopes up, this this team down the stretch is just not good. A.J. Brown's banged up. Nick Sirianni is a fraud. Jalen Hurts is banged up. They probably have the two the worst coordinator tandem in the NFL right now <laughs> in terms of performance. And Ryan Johnson, as, Auburn legend. As not good as the Bucks and Baker Mayfield have been, they're going to be home, and I just think the Eagles have no momentum. They have nothing going for them right now. And they have Reed Blankenship in the secondary, who's probably the worst player in the NFL. So I'll ride with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Limestone don't, don't, legend, don't, don't sling, don't slander the Blankens, please. <laughs> All right, we got to go really fast on this one. One word yes. answers: LSU at Auburn. I'm giving Auburn minus fifteen and a half. Auburn, Auburn, War Eagle. Auburn as well. I think we're running out of the gym. That's another boardroom unanimous pick. The last game we're picking is our second boardroom bowl. We've had some boardroom bowls over the break, but they don't count because we didn't talk about them on the boardroom. This is a boardroom bowl. Tottenham against Man United, two well one storied club and Man United <laughs> all um, playing. Kyle was fine the last time Tottenham won a trophy. By the way, you can pick a tie. He's now married. I'm riding with the Tottenham Hotspur. You can pick a tie. Technically, uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to ride with Tottenham because I mean the guy who has the most hardware in this room is Kyle Davis. You know, happily married. Uh, give me give me Spurs. Only one with the ring. Don't have any confidence in either team. But They're both what? terrible. United. Uh, United. I, I hate United. this Man United team right now. They are not good. But I'm always going to ride with my boys. United. 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 We, and can, that, wait, we can all lose this game with a tie. <laughs> yes, the losers of this game will uh, be whoever spends 90 minutes watching. Uh, yeah. It will be almost all of us. And with that, we're going to end this episode of The Warrior. Missed the end today. Show. You can check it out on the podcast platform later. But until next time, we'll see you next week. Same time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. For Connor Greenberg, Kyle Davis, Nelson Early, I'm Grace Blakeberg. This has been The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and War Eagle. Thank you for joining us for this session of The Boardroom on Weagle 91.1 FM. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week, and this meeting of The Boardroom is officially adjourned.